Welcome back everyone to the Walker AC Experience. We're going to forgo the music because I figure you guys are kind of mad at us because we haven't been here in about a week. But to make it up for you, we're going to try to keep you entertained for the next uh, 30, 45 minutes, maybe hour or so. Or just in case my co-host gets sick of hearing my voice, this is Walker AC. And to you, my friends, yes, you're still my friends if you're still out there. The Walker AC Experience for July 30th and year of our something something 2023. And to join us on this wonderful quest to redeem ourselves for the past week and a half, let me introduce to you my co-host for the next uh, upcoming episode of Cereal and Beer. He's like a Rubik's Cube. The more you play with him, the harder he gets. Kevin Yu. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Good evening, everyone. And remember, you get what you paid for. Unless you subscribe to our upcoming Patreon, then we have to try harder for you. Yes, exactly. The Patreon coming out soon will be five dollars. It'll get you all the past episodes of the Walker AC Experience back from four years ago. Where you get to hear me sing. You get to hear a brief uh, rendition of a couple of things I go over. It's horrible. Please hide your kids, hide your wives. Um, so, Kevin, how have you been these past couple of weeks? We've been out. Oh boy, I've been uh, struggling with a cough. It just goes to show how like you should really be grateful for when you're in good health. Well, I mean, it's not SARS or anything, is it? Um, I guess not. <laughs> I don't think I have COVID. That would be an inconvenient time because apparently cases are rising, and I think COVID, um, I guess, benefits might have run out in some states. Or I don't know. Really? You at know... one point, I was like, yeah. No, no, please go ahead. Finish your thought. Uh, at one point, you know, during when, like, lockdown and all that, I'm like, Oh, it wouldn't be the end of the world if I kind of got sick and just got paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. the, uh, the thing is, I think I got it when it first came out. Um, you know, I got really, really sick and congested and pink eye and everything in between. I was down for only like three days. And this happened in February um, before it really got kicked off well, like the following month. And, you know, the lockdown started. But I've been very fortunate enough to haven't been receiving any kind of symptoms. I've been tested, haven't got it. My son got it at one point in time, but I never did. You know, I guess it contributes to the fact of I never really went outside. I never really associated with anyone. And my job, the clientele is so few and far in between. I guess I don't have to worry about that as much. But, I mean, you've had COVID before? I don't think so. I've... I've got three of the, uh, the four shots. I'm like, somebody, sometime I should get that fourth shot. But, um, but yeah, I was just, I think I'm, I've been really lucky because I wasn't the most careful person in the world, even though I should have been more careful. But still, I was very lucky to not get it. I mean, for me, which goes back to not being around people thing, you know, I didn't really shake people's hands. I really didn't hug a whole lot of people. And... I liked being inside a lot. So once again, I guess it kind of contributed to the fact that I really wasn't susceptible to it. You know, I've had, once again, have loved ones who had it and I've been around them and I was once again, very fortunate enough not to, to catch it. I could be asymptomatic, but once again, it all goes back to, you know, the lovely fortune of uh, me being curmudgeoned and angry and not want to be around people and, you know, me yelling at clouds you know, like outside my house. Yeah, I never liked shaking hands, but like, it's so weird. I'm like, oh god, I had to do it. I mean, and then like, I feel like, um, yeah, shaking hands is so weird. I'm like, oh, I wish we don't have, we didn't have to do it anymore. Well, I mean, you know, I won't quiz you and ask you, you know, what's the origin of the handshake, but it's odd because when you shake people's hands, especially being a guy. You have to have that tough handshake. You have to have that rugged, you know, I'm going to assert my dominance over you kind of handshake. Because if you have a little feminine, squeezy little handshake, you know, the other guy has to squeeze hard. And then once he does, you have to squeeze hard as well. You know, I mean, it's, it's like your basic mental penis measuring contest. So when I shake somebody's hand, I have to have a, like a firm grip, like I'm trying to break their hand. So it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a whole intimidating factor I try to, you know, you know, you know like to show off. Well, you know, the key is to have sweaty palms. That way you grow some out. <laughs> <laughs> I, never really th I never really thought of it that way. I mean, I actually thought about putting my hand down the front of my pants and then go, here you go, shake my hand. 
<laughs> now I get really insulted if you don't, you know, just think you're better than me, you know, just. Have you ever, wait, have you ever tried to shake someone's hand with the opposite hand? Yes, I have. I, I have. And that's. And then what happened? It was really weird. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was like a really, really wet noodle kind of limp wrist kind of thing. And. <laughs> You know, you know, it you know, definitely affected my uh, whole, you know, like man, you know, like my, my whole man thing about me. So, yeah, couldn't really do it. Nowadays, I just do the fist bump. You know, I really don't try to touch anybody. Ah, uh, well, I, 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 I approve. I've once tried to shake my, like, a, with my left hand, and, like, the guy got, like, strangely offended. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he was, like, you know... Like a Muslim or something, but it's like, oh, we don't shake hands like that hand, that dirty hand. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. Like, do you, do you wipe with that hand, or something I should know about, or? I went with both hands. Your boy, everybody's screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but see, Kevin, I don't know what to think about that because I shook your hand after twenty something years. So, uh... well, just think about it. Think, think of all the dirt our hands are in contact with, anyways throughout the day we wash with them we eat with them we accidentally sneeze at them or whatever or see people lick their fingers i mean people just gotta relax i mean it's we're, we're not all hermetically sealed in a bubble like it's gonna be okay everybody well and plus on top of that i mean we, we do have multiple layers of skin on our body anyhow so i mean you know shaking someone's hand or whatnot i mean it's, it's not really gonna hurt us that much you know, it's that common conception, you know, misconception of, you know, every, everybody's germy and if you shake a hand, don't wash your hands and you lick your palm afterwards, you know, you're susceptible to have some strange strain of bacteria that's going to kill you. It's, it is kind of silly when you think like bacteria lives on our skin. If that's why our sweat, you know, smells because the bacteria in it. And also, um, you know, the popular explanation for the origin of handshake is to show that you're unarmed. I did not know that. Well, I, it might be a pocket full, but hey, well, you know, we live in Florida, so we don't know who's armed. <laughs> well, this is Florida, so yes. <laughs> exactly. So, like, eh, it's just a weird ritual. Yeah, and like I said, it's, it's going on for eons and eons and eons, and of course, I mean, thank you for breaking it down, but it's, it's really odd, you know, why we have to shake hands with someone you know, it's it's just uh, instinctual when you meet somebody. Their first reaction is you to shake their hand. It's it's ingrained to us, you know, you know. But as I, you know, I made it a personal rule that I only bow to um, older um, Asian people, and they and like if they're native Asian, if they're not, then we don't bow. You know, I think that's. I definitely, I definitely think that's so much better than shaking hands. I mean, I, I'd rather nod my head or, or bow to you, you know, just as a form of respect, you know, than to shake your hand, give you a high five, touch your elbow, or just whichever. You know, I, I you know, I think that's a whole lot more better greeting because you don't, mm. you, you don't have to touch them. That's true. This, there's, there's gotta be a better way. I'd like, you know, me dance, you know. You like, you like, hi, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. Why are you shaking your hips at me? This is my way of saying hi. Don't judge me. I feel triggered. No, just say you're doing it like a bee. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> now, see, Kevin, this is what we do on this show. We, you know, like, I mean, we uh, solve political debates. We cure racism. And now we are thinking a, a new way to greet people. This is what we do here on, on the experience. I mean, it's, it is kind of interesting because, you know, you also have lived in different places. And that, okay, let me ask you, do you prefer saying hi to strangers on the street, or do you just prefer to just, just go your way, don't even make eye contact? Well, I mean, it's, it's really different for me just because, and I'm going to use the race card here, um, because I'm African-American, and I have to, you know, I have to have that mannerism about me to say, hey, I'm safe, I'm not going to mug you. I'm not going to touch you inappropriately, and I'm not going to steal your white woman. So yes, I have to say hi to you in a very nice, calmful, unarming way. Because if I wasn't, you know, then I can strike a mean face and, and, and be okay. But now these days, when everybody gets offended with everything, 
I have to go over the top and say, hi, how are you? If not, striking the angry black man face doesn't work anymore. Mm, I see. Um, okay, so you, you do it out of safety. That's a good reason. No, no, I mean, now what about you? I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're on a subway or if you're at a, at a, at a, at a restaurant or a market, you know, and you cross paths with somebody, I mean, do you just, I mean, do you, do you give them a quick, you know, verbal nod? Or you just kind of go your own way? Well, that's the fun thing about being disabled. The rules don't apply to you anymore. You can do whatever you want. People don't do their best to avoid looking at you. <laughs> and so you can do anything. You could just like, you can look, you could stare at them, try to just bore a hole into their soul. You can, I mean, you can do what you want and they'll just have to be like, okay, can I have another? <laughs> <laughs> One of the fun things of being disabled. <laughs> now see, now I know this now, Kevin. I'm definitely watching out for you now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Just like even today at Starbucks, I was just like wandering around and just like smack. I'm like, oh, sorry. Like, oh, it's okay. And she, they, the lady touches my arm. And she's like, ha I got away with this all. <laughs> <laughs> See, Kevin, now I know your, your evil origin story. You can commit assault, and, and, and I'd be reprimanded for it. Good job. You are definitely my new wingman. You're definitely my new wingman when I go out. Exactly. I'm just going to be a hazard to people, you know? Like, I've, I've used my powers to get my way. I declare, declare a path. People jump out of my way. I'm just like, I'm a realist. It's like, I've got my cane. You get hit, it's your own fault. <laughs> you see, if I do it, I get arrested. If you do it, it's okay. Exactly. That's why, like, but I'm the ultimate, like, you know, hall pass. It's like, <laughs> you get away with a lot of me. <laughs> you know, it's like, I've hit children with my cane before. And it's like, whoa. And then the, the mom <laughs> yells at the kid, like, getting in the way. You know, it's good times. I once scared the hell out of people at, um, at a uh, art gallery, it's like, oh god, you don't break anything. <laughs> so you guys are lucky this time. <laughs> <laughs> but see now, Kevin, you're giving everyone with disabilities, you know, really bad ideas now. So you are responsible for the downfall of civilization if anything happens. Well, that's the kind of thing. But having privilege, um, when I heard this definition about white privilege, and that and one of the elements is that. You know, but if you're, a, you know, if you have white privilege, you are have the privilege of being seen as an individual. And as, you know, a, a double minority, I have to be a spokesperson for everybody. So I might as well be the, you know, the emperor of disabled people. <laughs> um, I just noticed that, like, a lot of disabled people are overly polite. And just like, it's like, it's nice that you're polite, but don't let people step on you. Don't take the shit. It's like you you have to be assertive you gotta be confident out there that's how you get your you know unfortunately how you get things done sometimes <laughs> well i mean one that's that is one. true i mean i mean privi privileges are invisible for those who have it so yes mm -hmm. exactly imagine just like you know you run into somebody that has you know doesn't have their arm and you're like okay you better shake my hand <laughs> it's like, chill. It's, everybody's chill. Don't worry about it. I see this. I mean, it's one of the many things I like about you because, you know, your your quote unquote disability is not really a disability because you don't see it as such. You know, you see it as just as an everyday part of you. You know that you're just making it your own. And to pull back the fourth wall a little bit, when you and I went out to lunch, mm -hmm. you know. I instinctively, as a father figure, try to help you, not knowing that it, it, it came across as kind of insulting in a way, you know, because, I mean, you know what you're doing, obviously, but it's just my general instincts is to try to help. Well, a lot of people are that, are that way, you know, like, they have good, <laughs> they have good intentions, but it's because it is kind of like, with disability, and a lot of things like there is dignity in the struggle and that people want things done in a graceful smooth manner but with a disability a lot of times that cannot be done but being able to still you know have your independence and your own dignity of doing things it's there's a value to that 
you know, it's it's good to kind of see that in other people, you know, and just, um, you know, and just speaking about how things are, like, in a lot of life circumstances, with really careful and proper perspective taking, there can be some kind of um, benefit to it all, you know. Like, um, again, at Starbucks, I was sitting there practicing broke my braille. And then, you know, I overhear people's conversations. And I just hear this conversation with two young women. And as one girl is going on and on and on, I'm like, I'm kind of glad I can't see what she looks like because her personality is pretty terrible. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, beautiful women can get away with a lot of things. But when that factor is taken away from, that, you know, is taken away, you're kind of forced to look at it within and to see the persona. And when somebody's vapid, it is a huge turnoff. When it's all just somebody just, you know, dunking on their you know, on their social circle, or just trying to like do their humble brags, it's it's not pretty. And so I bet you know this woman doesn't get challenged because too many people are you know obsessed with the way she looks. But I don't get that, so I have to be like, I'm. It's like wow, it's a kind of really beautiful person privilege that this person has. Yes, and I do agree with you. Oh, I apologize. I interrupted your thought. Please go ahead. No, I mean, it is, you know, with disability, like, it is kind of like really thinking about how you're going to go on from here on out. I've, I've been just thinking about like, okay, well, I have to keep transforming myself. I have to keep thinking like, what's next in a very unknown path that's not traveled often. And so I have to really transform myself in, 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 in challenging ways. Because that's the way it has to be. Like, you have to let go of who you used to be in order to really transform, to really evolve. It's like, you, there may not be any kind of guide to, at all, but there's hints out there, and there's like a, you know, sometimes it's an inner wisdom, if you care about yourself enough to listen, to really think, okay, what can I do? What am I really gonna change about my life? You know, and also, what's important? What matters? <laughs> Yeah. And I agree with that 100%. I know we've had conversations uh, about that before, you know, about the continuation to, you know, to evolve, to be a better version of yourself. And I believe most people, um, they, they don't see that just yet. Uh, once they get older, you know, and then they become self-aware and then they realize, you know, that beauty is only skin deep and all those other cliches because, you know, pretty privilege only lasts for a certain amount of, a certain amount of time. And then after that, you have to realize there's some, there has to be something in the inside to, you know, to balance everything out. Because if you don't have that, no matter how good looking you are, if you're a crappy person on the inside, it's going to come out eventually. You know, mm -hmm. you know the, the, the person is going to enjoy the, the outer shell, but then eventually mm -hmm. they're going to see what's in, in the inside. And it's going to be kind of, kind of rotten and they don't want to deal with that. And, you know, and, and it's, it's unfortunate that that sometimes that don't get discovered until way, way later on in life. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, I've been very fortunate enough to see what I have on the outside versus the inside and people around me, I've seen the inside and I'm like, okay, you know, I understand that they are who they are and it's not my job to change that. I'll accept it for however long as I can and it'll be time to move on. Well, absolutely, I mean, and it's also just really, I think, I think it's also investing yourself because if you know if you're just surrounded by enablers and you're comfortable where you are you have so much privilege you don't see the need for change you know but like once you start thinking what else is out there what else can i add to myself like what is going to you know be fulfilling to me and my, my purpose my inspiration and then i think you're ready to start making just those, those um, steps towards, you know, developing yourself. <laughs> yes, and I think I can honestly say, and this, this might give me a little bit of, uh, a little bit of trouble, but uh, the, opposite, the opposite sex, 
um, they have the pretty privilege for long, quite a long period of time, and they don't have to worry about the inner part because you know we guys are primitive and stupid, and uh, we do see you know the, the women for their beauty, and only uh, a rare chunk of us look for the inside, and so right. you know, and, and so unfortunately, uh, most women don't see. They, they don't have to rely on the inside of themselves for a very long period of time. Sometimes before it's even too late, you know, because those, yeah. yeah, once those looks, once those looks go, they haven't developed anything else in the inside to kind of carry that. So, you know, that's something that we're always trying to, to work on and hopefully get that message out there to work on the inside of you because you have more, you have more longevity, you know, for, for, uh, for a potential partnership and, or being happy with yourself. Well, I want to counterpoint that to say that from a very, very young age, women are taught to value aesthetics above all else, and that we're also forgetting about the women that don't fit the, I guess, general standards of beauty, and that they, there's a cost to that. It is almost like, um, it's almost like, I don't know if this is a real Onion article or not, but like, um, it, you can do anything as long as you're pretty as a girl. <laughs> and so we, you know, we, we also kind of think about the other people who aren't conventionally attractive, like the penalties they face, because it, it, it seems and it's become apparent that we live, of course, we live in a patriarchy, and that in, in a lot of men's mind, a woman exists for the utility of a man. I mean, I've been watching The Handmaid's Tale, which is very dark. But I think it's very important because it, it, it's like it's fiction, but it's so many elements of it which were based in real life. Things that have really happened to people, punishments that women had to endure just because they're a woman, because they're, they live in the structure that they're seen as as a commodity. Let's not forget that you know, women, like marriage was a business deal, you know, and it's. I think it's also kind of this, um, when we see, you know, there are some women who do completely bank on their, on their, on their physical appearance. However, we also got to ask, do they also suffer because of that? They suffer because like, nobody wants to see who I really am, you know, because I have to put on the act. I have to be the Barbie girl. Cause if there's any, you know, if I'm not, then people won't like that. So it's, I think there's a, it's, it deserves a lot of, um, um, like, I guess, like anything, like we've been talking about, um, a good faith discussion about it all by affected people, you know, like, I, I, I was telling my friend, that when people say, I appreciate genuine people, first that's what someone wants to me. Because we had a really positive interaction was a stripper from Canada, and um, when she said to me, I'm like, I felt like that was really true for her. Cause like she's probably her surrounded by people who just want to impress her and just are just will say anything to get her attention. But you know, I I am who I am. I don't you know I've, I've lived this long to discover who I am, and I uh, just showed her who I am. I think she really appreciated that, and. You know, it's, uh, and so we gotta think, like, you know, some people just, especially if you're a pretty girl, you know, some guys just will do and say anything to get your attention. Bless you. you know, oh, go ahead, I'm pleased, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. Well, it's just, I think it's sometimes we don't see the downsides, we don't see the other perspective of the affected individual that, you know, if, you're you're constantly told the only value you have is your is your aesthetics. If that's all you got, you better be damn sure that's that's perfect. You know, you better look exactly like all those girls on Instagram, or else, or you'll be penalized. And just it's unrealistic. Unrealistic. Yeah, bless you. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, well, I mean, definitely don't get SARS on me and die. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I will respectfully, I will respectfully disagree, um, okay. because for your friend, um, that's an that's an exception to the rule. 
that's definitely an exception to the rule. Um, because generally speaking, just not gen just generally speaking, that yes, um, most women are judged by their looks. It's unfortunate. Most women are judged for their looks because they are instantly hit on from the time they're that they're in their teens up until they're up until they're adults. So the the expectation, yes, it's there biologically. They you know they're they you know like they're seen for the looks because men are visual creatures. Uh, women are more social creatures. They they are so better than us when it comes to you know being sociable to you know like to, to, to look at, to look at a situation to read a room and and you know and to know that way better than us. But once again, we men are visual creatures. We you know, we look at youth. We look at beauty first and foremost, and then then we focus on the inside and every single thing out there is to benefit a young lady, whether it be advertising, beauty products, vehicles, clothing, stuff like that. It is all for you know, the benefit of, of the woman. And being a beautiful woman, the only downside to that, the only punishment to that is it's up to them to once again evolve themselves to make sure they have something upstairs to match what they look like. Because if they don't, then of course, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, and so on, like I said, once that once those looks go away and they don't know that they must have something else upstairs to offer rather than a body, unfortunately that, you know, fortunately that is their downfall. Well, again, to disrespect, I mean, to, to respect <laughs> to disrespect me. How dare you? Only a fool would say that. But, um, <laughs> But also, we got to think, when you say, you know, you state that women are getting attention, yes, and also a lot of negative attention, you know, you know, a cisgendered man does not have to worry about getting stalked like they, they like a woman does. They don't have to worry about getting catcalled. They don't have to worry about, you know, people leering at them, being a total creep. Like, I don't know if you've ever had that experience So any sort of this kind of stuff. But it is horrific. It is disgusting. You just want to go about your business, but just people being weird with you. It is not cool at all. It is, and then, and I just also think like there's a lot of inner life to a woman that because they're just people. And I also also think that like it's you know it's we I, I just hope to have a, a more nuanced view that we're all people and that we're just and it's not. It's not fair to anybody to put people in, in, in group A or B. What about non-straight people? How can we include them in this kind of equation? Because their opinion counts and their experience counts too. And so, you know, it's women can be just as as visual as men. It's it might be you know, a t testosterone thing. There is a um, really interesting segment from uh, an, a good podcast from NPR called uh, This American Life um, where they presented two stories where um, there was a condition that a man had that he lost almost all his testosterone and it became so placid and then um, another and then the opposite story was told where a woman was um, I think going through gender reassignment and it was like full testosterone and then she became more visual and so, but and also in the same episode, episode they talked about how like you know measuring testosterone levels in men and women it's not you know each person has different amounts and so some people are just more naturally visually oriented and some people are, are, are less so so it's um I think it's just a little more um uh I guess beneficial to think in a more nuanced view rather than you know a binary perspective <laughs> oh, and, you know, and of course, and of course, I agree with that. I mean, there are, there are, of course, you know, I mean, there are benefits and there are negatives for for both sexes, of course. You know, and of course, there are always exceptions to the rule. And there are always, um, you know, things that the women suffer, um, unrightfully so, that they suffer. And the same thing goes for men. You know, and unfortunately, it's been this way for many, many years uh, for, for both genders. And it's really difficult to break that evil cycle. And you're right. I mean, you know, women should never be catcalled or harassed or something like that. Thank heavens, it's not a major majority of people that do that. Thank heavens. It's out there, and it shouldn't happen, 
But, you know, once again, it's, it's just a harsh reality of being a female. It's a harsh reality. Because, once again, I mean, you know, women suffer and guys suffer too. Right. Like, um, like to wit, you know, we, we got to think about the, the, the age of masculinity. I've heard it put that it is masculinity is so hard to attain and so easy to lose. That's why it's so, you know, it's so kind of like, um, strict to be seen as a you know quote unquote man you better do a b c d and if you don't do it you're not and then you know then what are you you know it is it is so and it's i think that's a um part of being a you know cisgendered man that is a problem you know like um you know when i was a little boy i've always unfortunately associated affection and love with weakness and that's a terrible thing to think about because like it just even to this day sometimes i have a hard time accepting and expressing my my feelings because i've i've, I've been taught since a young boy like you love something it all made you're weak and you know in the 90s you know you were called quote unquote gay as, as a slur i mean it's like you know like you know you know Men don't cry. Men, men don't show their feelings. This, 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 and how unhealthy that is. It's encoded in you. And like you know, if you if you don't stay in the cage of masculinity, then like you know, your whole identity is threatened, and it's just like it feels like horrific to you. And then like it is, it's kind of like the other side of just like seeing women as a certain certain thing, because it's you know when we talk about the suffering, I think it's something that. You know, men should think about, and that if you know, being being toxic, you know, is is also seen to some people as, as masculine, and that, that's how they excuse it. Like, oh, I'm a man, so I'm allowed to be do do these things because that's what men do. Like, that's a terrible thing that way to think about going about your life. Yeah, I mean, and you talk about you know expressing yourself as a man. It's really difficult <laughs> because you're right. You know, we were raised at a very young age to if anything goes wrong, suck it up and move on. You know, don't be a baby, don't be gay about it, and stuff like that. So you'd be surprised how many how many of us suffer in silence because if you open up to the wrong person, your perception is that you're weak and you can't handle it because you know being a man, you must protect, provide, and do everything do everything of the sort. So you never really have that outlet to, to show vulnerability because once again, vulnerability in most cases, you know, is, uh, is uh, equated to weakness. Now, granted, that's not the case, but it's a perception. It is a perception, you know, like you being a rock for your family, for example, or a rock for your wife, for example, and you show weakness, you break down and cry. Generally speaking, you know, they may lose respect for you because you are the rock of the family and if you break down and you can't handle a situation who else can he look up to you for protection and and for that security so finding an outlet you know for your frustrations for your woes and for your fears is really hard to do because you don't know who to trust your feelings to you know your partner your wife can open up to you and show emotion because once again they're emotional creatures um, and you are there to protect them. You are there to hold them and let them know that it's okay and everything's going to be fine. I got this. You know, I'll take care of it. But once you break down, where can you turn to? So a lot of people, once again, suffer in silence for it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And yet another story I heard was about how the American, you know, like this, you know, stereotypical man is the loneliest person out there because of what you're talking about because like their only emotional outlet is their you know significant other their wife or their girlfriend or whatever and then like as we get older men don't even know how to make friends with each other you know even in the story people are like well i don't want to come off as gay as if that's <laughs> the best thing that, that could ever be right uh wait 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 and kevin so hold on hold on hold on i don't mean to interrupt i don't mean to interrupt hold on see i'm throwing a flag on the play here because I know when I first met you back in the Florida mall, I looked uh -huh. at you and I said, hi, I'm Adrian. I'm not gay. I want to be your friend. And you said, hi, I'm Kevin. That's good. Let's be friends. You like wrestling, naked men touching each other. Yes, we're friends. Anyhow, continue. Sorry to interrupt your train of thought. 
<laughs> good context. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you got to say you're not good. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, like in the, you know, it was just also like when men get older and older and older, and then like because they don't, they were not taught how to make friends or being able to, to you know, not be afraid to come off as as whatever, they get lonely. And especially if their wife passes away, and then they have nobody, and they're just stuck by themselves, kind of trapped, because they weren't, you know, taught how to handle it, and then it's just like, they're just so lonely inside, and it's just so sad that, like, you, we're taught to be this way, and that we're not socialized, and we're just caught in this kind of pain, and, you know, my general advice to, to all peoples is like, examine, you know, who you are and, and, and what you're taught and really think and challenge yourself. Like, is this right for me? Is it right for me that I, I can't tell people I care for them? Is it, is it a necessity that I work on these things? And, you know, eh, challenge yourself as we talk about fear, kind of like doing things beyond the fear, I think will help you grow and, and that is true you know i think once again we preached about so many times is just being self-aware you know being self-aware and continuing to grow continuing to learn about what we like and how we love ourselves before we go out and try to love somebody else because a lot of us we immediately seek the attention and the validation of somebody else versus getting to know who we are first and then as life mm-hmm. goes on we probably resent our other half because we expect them to know everything about us where we don't take the time to really sit down and have that look in that mirror and go, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. And I'm not afraid to talk about it, but mm-hmm. it all goes back to that F word of fear of having that expectations for our better half and, and, and having those discussions and stuff like that. So it's all just a basic vicious cycle that hopefully one day sooner than later, you know, we can definitely uh, solve and, and work on. Right. And, I, and also, when we're really trying to think about these things, being open to different ideas, especially challenging ideas, that can work towards a greater good. Then, you know, when we're able to be more compassionate, being able to break stereotypes and say that that doesn't work for me, even if the world wants that for me, the world doesn't have to, you know, doesn't have to carry the responsibilities that I have to. It, it's not there for me when I need it. So why should I abide by these arbitrary rules that hurt me? And if you know, if it just doesn't work for you, be too brave enough to throw off these type of um, shackles and experience that freedom that you, you know, you you deserve as a, as a human being. Well, once again, you know, it's, it's all really good in theory. Um, but once again, reality stops us for whatever reason because we're too afraid. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're really too afraid to say anything because, you know, we don't want to uh, chase away a potential, a potential mate, a potential partner. You know, we just instantly try to mask it and try to focus on making the other person happy. Um, mm-hmm. It's the basic, you know, this is who I am, you know, like accept me for who I am. I'm not going to change and stuff like that, uh, which we all need to get out of the habit of saying that. Because if we do want to become a better person, especially to attract someone that we want to spend the rest of our lives with, we have to continue to work on ourselves. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not love me the way I am or leave. It's the, okay, be open-minded enough to, to evolve yourself to become, you know, someone likable, you know, someone compatible versus the old joke of, you know, the old curmudgeon guy yelling at clouds, this is who I am, love, you know, love me, if not, get off my porch, you know, kind of thing. I mean, you have to make some adjustments to who you are, especially the other person has to do the exact same thing. Um, mm-hmm. Again, the common misconception of, you know, for example, hey, I'm looking at Lady, lady A, and I want her to like me, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make her like me, while Lady A is going, nope you like me for who I am. If not, see you later. You know, uh-huh. that is not fair, but reality, it is what it is. And, you know, if two people want to, to like each other and have that bond, that parabond, 
um, they must have to you know evolve themselves instead of you know staying like a rock and going this is me love it or leave it and then wondering 20 years later why you know, why they're still single well yeah I, I'd like to add on to that to think about how especially like it all seems kind of like really um, movie logic you know that so you know like a guy is pursuing a girl and then he'll do everything it takes to get her and then she's like oh that's so nice and like you know end up together I think that's ridiculous because that's just sacrificing yourself for another person and that won't last long like for example if a girl wanted me to get into the bachelor i couldn't do it it's like i couldn't pretend it i would hate it maybe i'd fake it but i did the facade wouldn't last i'm like this is ridiculous and as as much as I, I try, I cannot do this. Therefore, it's, it's disingenuous to myself. So why should I compromise myself for another person? The way I see it is that everybody should be thinking, I'm loving myself, and I'm going to invite people to love me for that. Because like we'll check, like, people will see that light in you, and if, they, if it you know, vibes with them, they'll come to you naturally. You know... It, it, it seems like bad advice to be like, oh, do X, Y, Z to attract somebody. That's that's just you're just do you're just putting on a show for somebody, and you won't be able to keep up that song and dance forever. So just you know enrich yourself, do things you like for yourself. You know, really do the best you can for you, and then you know an, your right pair will come to you naturally because you're doing these things for yourself, not because you're spending a whole shitload of money just impress some girl or some guy and, and that is true but i mean wait a second you're not talking shit about the bachelor are you yes i am okay good <laughs> hate that show too <laughs> <laughs> sorry man, I, I, I had to take that call back from uh, from one of your previous shows but uh <laughs> yeah i definitely agree with, i definitely agree with you 100 percent um and like i said it's been going on since the dawn of time you know, you know, you see someone you like, whether it be, you know, you are the male, you're the female, you see somebody you like, and you do everything you can to, uh, to entice that person to make them interested in you, whether it be you fake their interest, or you dress a certain way, or you talk a certain way, or you put out a representative of yourself, which I've been so famous saying, when you meet somebody, you always put out a representative of yourself instead of your true self, because you don't want to scare that person away. And I think we need to do away with that. Because it's better just to be yourself, you know, whether whether it be bad breath or past gas or just, I'm kidding. Um, but just put, put yourself out there and see what happens. But don't stop improving yourself, you know, to get somebody you want. And that goes for the opposite sex as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely something that's continued to it, – it's ongoing. The more conversations that are had about it. You know, hopefully the more we can evolve how we do things. Because uh, remember, there's only one of us. And once again, it's going to be a t-shirt. Um, you know, nobody's going to do the push-ups for you. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so I want that. I'm going to wear that to the gym. So now that we've, once again, we've cured racism. We've cured war hunger. We've cured diseases. And now we've cured um, evolution of the human species. <laughs> Um, what else do you have for us, or are you ready to do rants? Um, I have a fun question for you. Okay, so what is a red flag for you seeing somebody that's like, I don't want to associate with this type of person? If they ask, no, I take that back. If they demand unrealistic expectations of you. Ooh. What I mean by that is, say, say for example, um, you go on a date with a young lady and you're sitting at the table and, you know, you get the basic get to know you questions, you know, favorite color, stuff like that. And their instant question is, well, what do you do for, for a living? Okay, well, I'm a fitness instructor. How much do you make? To me, that's a red flag. That's an instant red flag because they're not interested in you. They're interested in what you are mm -hmm. I'm a fitness instructor okay how much do you make oh 50,000 a year no mm -hmm. you know in their head no thank you or hey what are you I'm a garbage man 
I've been doing it for 20, I've been doing it for 20 years. You know, they, they instantly will judge your finances on you as a person. To me, that's a, to me, that's a red flag. So yeah, that's my red flag. What about yours? Um, a lack of empathy. When I was, um, again, seeing another cafe, I was was (laughs) hearing a date and what was so, what was so weird, like, I didn't know if either one of them realized it, but it was like a bad date. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, it was just like, man, both of you are problematic. Both of you got problems. Like one person was like, mentioned how like, oh yeah, like, I think, you know, I can't, I couldn't take it out of context, but it says something about hating the whole, like, thinking that people are homeless and, and they deserve it for being homeless. Like, that's fucked. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then, and then the other person was just, like, talking, like, how successful they were and how they're a leader. And I'm just like, you are full of arrogance. And, you just, and then it was just like, man, both of you, both of you just we've got some some growing to do <laughs> and so and just like not having the empathy for others not being able to try to benefit a doubt and just think about nuances like just knowing that you don't really have introspection into other people's feelings i think that's a really big red flag for me well it's definitely interesting um not a whole lot of people have empathy now we have sympathy, but not a whole lot have empathy, and that's that's really the, that's really the main thing that prevents us from really being happy with the people that we're looking for. And what I mainly mean by that is, you know, you want you want so much in a partner that you really don't know what you have to offer in return. You know, because some will say, "Well, I want X amount of dollars." You know, X amount thousand dollars for my partner to make. I want him to have a particular job, or I want her to have a particular look. And you list out all your options, all these things that you want, not once thinking about this is what I have to offer in return. Uh-huh. You know, and, and 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 in the battle of the sexes, you know, I can say hypothetically speaking, Kevin. Okay, I want blonde hair, blue eyes. I want to be five five, and you know, I want her to have no kids. You know, mm-hmm. and you and you constantly put that out there and put it out there and put it out there, not thinking, I have three kids, I don't have a job, I live in my mother's basement, I eat Cheetos and play video games all day, you know. So what makes you think, you know, that you can mm-hmm. that you can get all the stuff that you want, but you have nothing really to counterbalance that, you know, other than Absolutely. maybe a good looks and a bottle of Axe cologne, you know. Mm-hmm. So. That's, that's one of the main things for me, the one of the main things for my gripes, I guess, one of my rants I'll start off with since I'm on a roll here, uh-huh. is just that, you know, you have to reciprocate what, you know, what you demand. I absolutely agree, that 100%, and that you can't, you can't ask for what you're not willing to manifest, to, to manifest within yourself. It's like, you know, I put so much effort into developing my intellect and my in my physicality because it's of great value to me and that's for me you know mostly and so then i if i couldn't do the stuff for myself i cannot ask this of another person i can't ask for a girl to be like okay to have like an amazing body and you know and to have a doctorate i can't ask that if i myself am not on the same path it's it's just ridiculous it's just like wish fulfillment and that's not going to work out so you, I think it's only fair when you, when you know, especially if like you're asking other people to be kinder, and you yourself are not being kind to people, then what are you doing? Yeah, you're absolutely right because you know you you're like okay, well I want a nice non-argumentative person, but you can't treat your waiter right. Mm-hmm. You know, or the person delivers your food, or a person that's helping your health care. You're nasty to, but you want a person that'll be nice. You know, when you, or excuse me, not when, if you get that person, you know, you're going to scare them away because you're not giving back what they're giving to you. So that, that once again, it's another battle of the sexist thing that not too many people think about. 
Uh -huh. you, you know, so that's why either A, a young lady will be single forever with a whole bunch of cats, you know, or B, a guy will be alone forever with his video games wondering why he can't attain a relationship. So, you know, it's the, you know, I mean, it's the whole foolish pride thing. It's the whole self-entitlement thing. It's just so many different factors that it just hinders, you know, a, a lot of people from finding that, 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 you know, that true happiness with somebody else. Now, granted, if you have that inner peace within yourself, you know, then as much as it is uh, delightful to be with somebody, you realize that you really don't need anyone to be happy because you still have that inner peace. And then when you're ready to share that peace, then everything will fall into place. And once again, we need to strive for that inner peace that most people really don't have or really don't know how to get because they're too busy focusing on the other person, what the other person wants. Right. I mean, there are some people who just can only define themselves by, by their relationship. And I think that's, that's really unfortunate. And, you know, when you really kind of develop a self-relationship, like you're saying, it is that will be the key because then you'll learn to respect yourself and know what you want and know what you can give to another person. Just like we're talking about, what can you offer somebody that's genuine to you? And what the only one thing I want from someone is respect. That's the major thing is I want respect because if you, if you don't respect the person that you love, it's doomed already. Instantly it's doomed. Because you can love someone till the cows come home, but if you don't respect them, you know, then it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It is. <laughs> I once told a friend, like, we're basically looking at, we're looking for something that's basically our four, you know, a lot like us. We're, we're looking for ourselves out there. I'm terrified to find someone like me. I'm extremely terrified because I will kill that person on sight. Um, <laughs> are you looking for John Connor <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I know how much of a schmuck I am and if I found another fellow schmuck that's like me oh boy you know, I, you know I, think be, I think that'd be like two atoms you know colliding you know, it'd definitely explode and uh, you know definitely destroy the world um, <laughs> what about your rant what do you have okay my rant um Okay, let's see. I'm trying not to go with my old rants. I'm like, oh, I hate people who, who um, can't use plural S versus apostrophe S. Ugh, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Okay. How about... I don't like how... I don't like how people are trying to take advantage of each other's fears you know it's it's like as as people we're prone to fear and a fear mongering works it works really well you know if you feel nice like to get your people to join your side you create you feed off their fear i think that's just awful i think that's just a terrible thing but i'm just I hate how it works and that rather than appealing to people's hopes and to to really generally care, you it, like we see things like in the news, like oh, like you better, better watch out for this drug. It's gonna mess up your kids and you know make your dog run away. It's just <laughs> like damn man. <laughs> or like the other the other political party, they're gonna take your rights away. And just like jeez, like are we just trying to head toward this you know second civil war? And like, you know, there are people that benefit from it. They gain power. Like, to what end? To it's, you know, I'd rather try to influence people in a positive manner, because it's gonna make me feel good at the end of the day that I'm doing it this way. Because you know, the the path and the goal are are both equally valuable. And that's my man. Okay. <laughs> it was simple. Simple this week. Uh, <laughs> like I said before, you know, the, the, the path to happiness is never in a straight line. Um, because when you're searching for inner peace and happiness, you're basically walking through the woods. And it's so easy to get turned around. It's so easy to get lost because you lose focus. And there's so many things out there that's distracting you. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, the proverbial branch or leaf or squirrel just running around, you know, it takes you away from your mission. 
So to really achieve that peace and that happiness, you have to spend a, a lot of time with yourself. And a lot of people, once again, the F word, a lot of people fear being alone, you know, because they fear that they can't find anyone to, to love them or to have that companionship, or they feel that they've wasted so much of their lives on the wrong person or people that they're, they're not capable of really finding that. And it's really a shame because they're, once again, like we spoke about earlier, they're focusing way too much time on the other person rather than themselves. Um, some people get it, they understand at an early age, while others, they won't learn until in their 40s and 50s, you know, that I actually love myself and I love being alone and stuff like that. And then when they're ready, it's pretty easy for them to find a companion because they already know what they're all about inside. So, yes, folks, path to happiness. It's never easy. Trust me. If not, get a podcast. You won't feel lonely anymore. <laughs> That's right. Nothing like parasocial relationships to kind of build that hole. <laughs> <laughs> so before we before we end the show here, once again, I'm gonna steal cereal and beer. I'm gonna steal the shout outs. So uh, what, what do you have before you know um, as we wrap up? Shout out. Okay, my shout out goes to. Um, let's see. How about? Uh, I know. A ran completely random one is the a safety razor. Um, I like using safety razors to shave. They they're so much cheaper. Buying safety razor blades is so much cheaper than buying those, you know, disposal ones. And it gets a better, closer shave. And it's like almost an exercise in mindfulness because you have to apply a very gentle pressure on you, right? Like really gouge your skin. And so it's it's a better experience, I think, overall. If you never use the safety razor, I highly suggest you try it out. You know, that way you don't have to buy those like, you know, five in one razors that just cost way too much money. Interesting. You know, I always wanted uh, to do something like that because as I was growing up, I always wanted a full beard, but come to find out, I could never do it. My face grew in patches and it was really embarrassing, really humiliating. So I try shaving and having that little goatee thing that all the white people have. And uh, it doesn't really work for me. So, uh, yeah, I just shave my face completely or I get scruffy for a few days. So it's a, it's, it's a tremendous thing. Um, shout out to Chad. Um, um, my particular rant. I'm sorry, do you have anything else as before I uh, give shout outs? Kevin? Uh-oh, I think I might have lost Kevin. I think my razor joke might have scared him away. Um, my shout out is to... Uh, Everyone out there who have been who have been patient with us uh, for the longest time for the past week, we've been going through a whole lot, but we're glad that you're still with us and choose to listen to us and download the show and to still support the experience from all over the world. This month, we've got uh, the UK, we have gotten China, we've gotten Japan to listen to our shows, but uh, still continue with us as we go along. And of course, uh, this has been the Walker AC experience. I have been Adrian. It, this has been Kevin Yu. I think his call might have dropped once again. The shaving thing might have scared him away. I don't know yet. I'll get back to him. And uh, we thank you so much. Please follow us. Hold on. I think he's back. Are you back, Kevin? That's right. He fell asleep on me. It wasn't me falling asleep this time. <laughs> well, I mean, you dropped off on us. So, I mean, I figure it was my shaving joke to scare you away. So, uh, <laughs> oh no, a minority talking about cutting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as we sign off here, damn it, Kevin, you killed me. Um, we have, we're on 22 different platforms. Uh, once again, August 29th, the Stitcher app will no longer be uh, up and running. So, we're down to 21 free different platforms where you can find the Walker AC experience, which um, represents cereal and beer out of context like majestically show and all these other past shows just do a search for the walker ac experience any final words kevin you before we sign off yes um i wanted to remind our listeners that like you know we, uh, we, we're also just people too and like we are very valuable we've got our own struggles that you know persist and so but your feelings and your experiences are valid too Whoever you are, whatever you're going through, don't let people try to diminish 
your life. How you feel matters. Whether you're rich or poor, you know, you still got things going on. And, you know, just like us. And hopefully that you will all just do the best we can with what we got any given moment. That's a nice way of putting it. So we do thank you so much for once again for tuning in to the Walk Racy Experience. Thank you for being patient with us uh, this last week. We will definitely make it up to you because coming out very shortly, the brand new episode of Cereal and Beer podcast featuring, of course, my co-host Kevin Yu and his good friend Jason. So definitely keep an eye out for that. And actually, um, I said Jason. Good Lord Almighty. You know, it's been a week. So I've been totally out of it, but uh, it's actually Jeff. How do you say And the, uh, how do you say Jeff? Do not tell him I said that. Um, and, and how do you say Jeff's last name? Jeff Asai. Jeff Asai. Awesome. And once again, thank you guys so much once again for tuning into the Walker AC Experience. We will speak to you next time. Kevin, thank you so much. Anytime.